Good morning. I'm Steve, one of the leaders in church. I want to give you all a really warm welcome. As I talk to you, I'd like to say I was standing in an empty church, but actually there's tech stuff everywhere. There are food bank boxes everywhere. It's not an empty church. I can't see your smiles. I can't see your frowns. I can't imagine that in your lounge there are many of you in your Sunday best. Maybe more of you are in your PJs, your onesies, your dressing grounds. Maybe even some of you got curlers in, I don't know. As Boris Johnson said at the start of this week, we are facing the biggest crisis of this generation. For some of you, it may feel like that you're in a dark tunnel and you can't actually see the light at the end of it. The darkness makes you afraid and fearful. With the social isolation, there's that sense of loneliness. You stumble along in the dark. We don't quite know what's going to happen next. What you're going to meet. In this crisis, I want to tell you as church leaders, our vision and values haven't changed. We still believe that church should be family. That we should try and connect in whatever ways we can. Even though we can't do it in person, we want to do it via technology. And if we can help you in any way, please do get in contact with us. As church, we also believe still in our values. We want to discover Jesus because he is the hope of the world. It's often when we go through hard times that actually as Christians we can grow the most. It's when everything has been stripped away. We don't have our financial security. We don't have our daily routine or work or whatever we do. It's been totally changed. We can't go to the gym. We haven't got the leisure and sport activities that we had before. Perhaps we've got to slow down because of self-isolation. And maybe because we're watching the news and all the, the bad news, it, it could so easily create fear in us if we let it. Instead, I want to suggest we need to look at Jesus. In the darkness of our tunnel, Jesus, the light of the world, is there. His presence is there. And he will help us. He will lead us to that exit. We need to focus on Jesus and his word. Jesus, we're told, is the same yesterday, today, in the virus, and into the, in tomorrow. We need to focus on him. God wants us to look in faith to Jesus for protection and healing. Psalm 91 Psalm 121 speaks so much of protection and they are vital for us to pray over our families and our communities. I believe that the more we pray, the more we'll see God's tangible intervention and his working in our lives. But in this broken world, we will not always see everything that God wants. We will not always see all the healing and protection 
I remember Rob Parsons talking in this church so many years ago, talking about how we should have faith that God can heal, and yet at the same time, talk about trusting God in the sickness, in when it doesn't go on. But what I want to say this morning is what is guaranteed is God's love, his forgiveness, his presence, his final victory, the cross and resurrection. Tell us that. That's the guarantee of the cross and the resurrection. And we start a series today about how the cross shows us God's love. Early in the spring, we were looking at Luke's gospel. And we can see that Jesus, in the whole of his life, was about love. In his actions, in his words, his very purpose of his life was to die upon a cross. This was the ultimate expression of his love. What Jesus does, if you read the early chapters of Acts, is you'll find that he shows love and compassion throughout his ministry, healing the sick, touching the leper, reaching out to the broken and the outcast, the lost, the last, the least. The problem of why we have the virus today is not somehow in the mysterious will of God. Jesus reveals the true nature of God. He didn't put disease on people, but resisted it with love and healing. He didn't passively just say sickness is fine, but he saw this was an act of evil instead of some facet of the will of God. Not that God can't bring good out of where we are. I believe passionately that he can and he will as we engage with him. So as Jesus followers, as church, we're called to follow him with bold prayers of faith and healing, prayers for healing and to show love in our actions. Jesus' actions showed his love. Jesus' teaching shows his love. I think of Luke 15, where it talks about the, the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. We see a picture of a God who is looking, searching, always wanting to find people, finding the lost, finding people that he might know them and rejoice with them and be with them and hug them just like the prodigal father does in the prodigal son parable yes i used the word prodigal father didn't i some people have called that parable not the prodigal son but actually the prodigal father because the father was actually doing something that wasn't normal he he loved this guy despite all he'd done jesus actions jesus teaching but jesus purpose Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. We see that again and again in the middle section of Luke's Gospel. Luke 9, 22, verse 44, verse 51. As the time approached for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. This seemed to be the call on his life. This was his purpose. In fact, Jesus says about his purpose in Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that's what, that which was lost. 
In fact, John, in his Gospel, reflects on this. He reflects on the life of Jesus in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The big question is why did Jesus have to die on a cross? How does that show that God loves? Imagine if there were two lovers walking beside the riverbank and one suddenly jumps into the river and says, this is how much I love you. This would be crazy, wouldn't it? But imagine if one, if a lover is in the water drowning and the other one jumps in to rescue them. That would be an act of love. We don't have to look far from ourselves to realise that we are broken. And we don't have to look far in the world today either. It's often been observed that what we really need in life is love and to be loved, to, be, to love and to be loved. And our problem is a relational one. Our most fundamental problem is a relationship with God. To know and experience his love and his life is what we really, really need. And there is a sense of us being lost and needing saving if we don't know that love. John put it, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The word eternal life is zoe in Greek, and it's God's abundant life, not just long life, but quality life. And our sin has separated us from God and his zoe kind of life, but he wants to bring us back into that. Why did Jesus die? It was to save us. And there are a number of different angles that we can think about this. What I'm going to look at today is forgiveness. And next week we're going to look at, there's a sense in which it was about God's justice. His, uh, his wanting to put the, the world to right. His victory over evil, over the coronavirus, if you like. Forgiveness. Why didn't God just click his fingers? And forgive us. If someone borrows a pencil and doesn't give it back, you might kind of be a bit miffed, but actually because you're there, your friend, you forgive them. But if someone has an affair with your wife, the wife that you love, it's much harder to forgive them. Forgiveness is really costly. As human beings, we were made with a relationship with God and we've shunned him, we've pushed him away, we ignore him and sometimes we even shake our fists in his face and say, I do not want to know you. We've also hurt other people in our lives. God loves every person and every time we fail to love, in some way we are hurting God. But the good news is... That when Jesus suffered on the cross, he absorbed all that pain 
and all the suffering caused in the breakdown of our relationships with God and in so doing demonstrated the lengths of which a God who is love will go to restore us. At the cross, Jesus felt all the effects of our sin. For example, if you're a murderer, you might think, how can God forgive me? Well, Jesus was murdered on the cross, and the Father saw his Son murdered there. And yet, he still says, I forgive the world. I forgive whoever's done that, because God has so much love that just conquers over that. He's truly felt our sin, and yet loves so you as a murderer can know that God can forgive you. And whatever else we have done, he can forgive us. At the cross, God has guaranteed that he has forgiven us. Now, we do have to do something personally. It doesn't just transfer to us. We have to come into that relationship, that commitment to Jesus our Ourself to receive the gift of his forgiveness. At the cross, the world did its worst possible to God. Yet God still loves and still forgives. There's nothing today that you or I can do to stop him loving us. The cross is a clear symbol in time and space that God forgives and he wants us to know his love and forgiveness. Consequently, we can come back into that relationship with God. Maybe like the parable in Luke 15 with the prodigal God and the prodigal son, they, as soon as the father sees, them, sees him, he runs to him and hugs him. Maybe it's helpful just to... So... so in our darkness of the current circumstance, Jesus is there. He is there with us. He will not leave us. Maybe it's helpful just to think a little bit about a definition of love at this moment, because love is, means all kinds of different things to different people. Some kind of def definition might be giving value to something or someone perhaps a great personal cost to yourself. A story I heard some time ago was that a, a group of people were going up a mountainside. They were going up this path. There was snow and ice everywhere. And just as they reached this bend, suddenly this child slipped through the railings. People gasped as they saw this child slipping down this slope towards the precipice. And then this man jumps over the fence and runs after this child. And after a while manages to scoop him up and save the child just before he gets to this precipice. Picking him up and brings him back. Of course the man was the child's father. He had risked his own life significantly by doing that. And the Christian leader who told me this story said at that point this is like the father's love he has risked so much for you and I 
people have done studies looking at families where there is a poor quality of love. They're marked by three things, limitation, manipulation, and detachment. Limitation, perhaps a small amount of time and energy is given. Manipulation, oh, I'll give you a lollipop, child, so that you might come and hug me. Detachment, no sense of cost or vulnerability. There's, you don't go out of your way to do anything. There's no sense that it might affect you emotionally. Nothing might be hard. In the story that I talked to the father, there was no limitation. He gave himself. The father ran. There was no manipulation. He was simply about saving that child. Detachment, there was an incredible sense of risk and cost. When God gave his son Jesus on the cross, there was no limitation. God made the vast universe, but to give his son was so, so much more. His love was not manipulation. It was truly for our benefit that we were lost. We were away from his Zoe kind of love. And his love was not without cost. Jesus died the most agonizing physical death that was possible on a cross. Jesus died there with nobody. Jesus died there betrayed, lonely, even a sense of God-forsakenness as he cries out, my God, my God, why has you forsaken me? And did we deserve God's love? Did we deserve Jesus going to the cross? No, we didn't. It's undeserved. God's love is unconditional. Wanting to reach out, it goes on and on. So what difference this Sunday morning does God's love make to us? In the midst of our crisis, you might feel you're in this dark tunnel. We are not alone. God is with us. He knows where we are. He knows where he's going. And there is no one I'd rather be with than Jesus. He can protect us and heal us like nobody else. And to the measure we have bold faith and prayer, we will see protection and healing. I also want to ask... What kind of picture of God do we have? Because that is really very important and transformational. Tozer makes this point when he says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And N.T. Wright explains why this is important. He says, you become like what you worship. When you gaze in awe, admiration and wonder at something or someone you begin to take on something of the character of the object we worship if you want a bible verse 2 corinthians 3 verse 18 so in luke's gospel i have shown that jesus was on a rescue mission not a judgment mission his journey to the cross was to seek and save that which was lost. He was not about wielding a stick of judgment, but holding out his arms to us in love. John's picture of the cross is that God shows his love. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
I love the verses in Romans 8 as well. Verse 31. What shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? We see in that verse how giving Jesus was the most important thing to God in the whole universe. And will he not, therefore, answer our prayers? Paul goes on in the midst of suffering and persecution to say this incredible phrase. Verse 28. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, or even coronavirus, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. His love is guaranteed in the midst of the crisis. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Focus on him and not the virus. Love never fails. 